You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday to you. Uh, first, one of the one of the last Sundays, I should say, before Sundays, I don't know, come become all about regular season football. Uh, a couple Sundays away here with that, and a uh, lot of hard decisions for folks to be made or to, to be made by folks within the Bengals organization, but across the league, really, a lot of tough decisions. Some tough decisions have already been made across the league when you look at, you know, the Trey Lance situation and all kinds of different things happening. But uh, the Cincinnati Bengals had their final preseason game against the Washington Commanders last night, Saturday night. They lost again. They go winless in the preseason 0-2-1. Not that that really matters because this is about roster construction. This is about auditions, all kinds of different things here. Um, with with the Bengals and as they finalize their roster decisions due by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe. So um, they are going to be grinding here to come up with some decisions. And I don't even think that the, quote, final roster will be the final roster. I think there's going to be some players that they get on the waiver wire, but we'll see what happens here. I'm Anthony Cazenza. Happy Sunday to you. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your weekend, whether right now you're, I don't know, at brunch, getting in and out of church. Uh, going on a walk or run or working out or running errands, whatever you are doing to make your Sunday productive, happy to be joining with you. Usually we go right after games or shortly after games for post post game reports, but uh, didn't just couldn't make it work last night. So I thought I'd come at you with a little Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon edition of the show. We're going to talk box score. I've got a couple little video clips we'll talk a little bit about roster guys who impressed and everything um so yeah first things first unfortunately the excuse me the field at washington unfortunately continues to not do the Bengals any favors uh, as dwight Patton notes tell me about osai well he's got an ankle injury suffered in the first quarter don't know how severe i don't think quite yet he was ruled out for the rest of the game, um, and, and this is just not good news for him or the Bengals. Hopefully, it is something that is minor and that will not 
take away time because this is this is one of those kind of breakout years for Joseph Osai. You would think, you would hope that he is poised for, and he's shown a couple of things in practice. And really, you know, for the way I don't want to bring this back up, but for the way the year ended for him last year, you kind of want a redemption story. You're rooting for this guy. The talent's there. I think the development's finally hitting in year three. He already lost, I think, the full season as a rookie, which which hurt the team. And so now, you know, took some steps last year and wants to take more. So unfortunately, we're going to have to kind of wait and see with him uh, how severe this ankle injury is. The Bengals just waved Terrell Basham, a defensive lineman edge guy. So, you know, I think they were kind of feeling pretty good about Osai and where they were with a lot of other players there. And Basham had an injury himself that was keeping him out of a lot of practices and preseason games. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, I don't I don't know that there's a ton of updates on that quite yet. Maybe later today or when you know they talk to the team early this week, they'll get more updates. Obviously, we'll see too how the roster is constructed. You know, if he's going to go on short term IR or something like you know IR return type of deal. I don't know. But we'll have to see a little bit more about that. But that's not good news. Hopefully it's minor and the Bengals were just playing it precautionary. But, man, that Washington field has not been kind to Bengals players and not been kind to a lot of players around the, the, the league here. And hi, Lindsay. Always good to see Lindsay in our Cincy Jungle Facebook chat. Um, happy to be joining you, by the way. And a lot of different – we, we didn't go live on a couple of Twitter accounts. Hopefully you can still join us on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. And you can get that right down here by the Cincy Jungle logo. You should be show icon. You can click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. Give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing on the YouTube channel. And of course, you can go subscribe to the audio channels, uh, the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, our show, Three and Out, Bengal Gym, and uh, talking football with Bengal Jim and friends and Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with the coach, Matt Minnick, who just recently celebrated a birthday. So wish him a belated happy birthday, if you would. But get all of those on your favorite audio streamer. We appreciate it. We're going to hammer you with content on the podcast channel on CincyJungle.com. And I know my guy, John Sharon, co-hosts with me on a number of different shows. He's killing it over at A to Z Sports.com, too. So go check out his Bengals and AFC North reports over there as well so yeah this one was interesting uh there, there's a there's a comment here from leo we're going to get to some roster stuff maybe guys who will come on to the team later who made a bid last night or throughout the preseason really to make this roster we will see but let's let's go with let's start with the game last night and i will pull up the box score as we usually do and then i've got a couple little fun videos and, and things to talk about with with a couple of players and and just instances in the game last night uh kind of talk about who impressed who didn't I've, I've taken some notes i rewatched the condensed version of the game again early this morning and kind of made my my notes there so here is and I, I i i credit to espn i like the way they lay out their box scores no offense to anybody else i just like the way that they lay this out for everybody so okay you look at it and obviously if you're looking at the cincinnati Bengals quarterbacks over here Simeon's kind of the one that looks like the odd man out because of the rating of 58.8. Um, the, you know, 55-ish percent completion percentage. I mean, the uh, lowest uh, average, 5.8 to 7 for Sinet and Jake Browning. 
you had the touchdown passes from both Sinet and Browning. Sinet had that nice one um, from that went deep uh, to um, Shedrick there. So that was that was a nice a nice play from him. And there's one play I will bring up in just a second that I really liked the design and the execution of from Sinet and the Bengals offense late in late in the game. But you look at Jake Browning, six of six, 42 yards. Um, had the touchdown and then the, the rating of, you know, 135.4, someone needed to separate themselves. And I think he did that. I will say this, whether it's Simeon, whether it's Sinet, whether it's Browning, when I looked at this game, what I liked about it from all of these guys was the aggression and they were, they were trying a bit more. <laughs> you, you kind of felt the urgency and the, maybe in their head a little bit, Hey, I'm going to audition, whether it's here for a job here or somewhere else, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, go uh go for it i'm gonna put the pedal to the metal i'm gonna throw some balls downfield now simeon i actually liked a bit more from simeon than i'm gonna consult some of my notes here i liked a bit more from simeon than what the numbers would indicate but when you look at that interception and you look at the 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 things i did not like the interception and the low completion percentage what i specifically didn't like that that points to those indicators was there were a lot of balls forced into traffic by Simeon and there, you know, none more prevalent than that interception that was in the red zone. The Bengals were moving the ball pretty well and he forced one into double coverage there. It got tipped up and then ultimately intercepted in the end zone. There are a couple of others where he threw into really tight coverage and, and, you know, just tried to kind of make a play, I think, or let his receiver try and win a contested catch. There were just too many forced balls in traffic for me for Simeon this week, which is surprising because you expect that more from, the young guys, not so much a guy who's been in the league for a long time, but maybe he was feeling the pressure a little bit and just wanted to kind of try and make some big plays where they had it. Again, that's that's kind of my takeaway there. I thought Browning looked comfortable. I thought that he was the most comfortable of all of them. I thought that he looked the most confident and was was moving the ball downfield pretty well and using his targets pretty well. As you can see, I mean, six of six for 42 yards, the touchdown and, and the 135.4 rating. I was I was impressed by Sinet, um, and I'll come back to this box score in just a minute. But six of 11, 77, and a touchdown for him. He did take a sack, tried to get that two point conversion to tie it in the end zone, and that was one of his in incompletions. Unfortunately, this was the play I thought late in the game, and I will share this with you all that I thought was was pretty cool. It's, it's and we'll maybe play it a couple of times. I thought the design was neat. I thought the execution was was really. Uh, really spot on. I mean, the throw could have maybe been a tiny bit better, but this was uh Sinet late in the game. Uh, cool fake pitch out and then a rollback out and hits the guy for about a 14 yard gain. I mean, he was pretty wide open. The throw was a little low and behind, but I thought it was a really neat, neat play and how it was designed. And again, here you can watch it. You got some motion, a toss, fake toss out and a nice, uh, nice play out there i think it was for 13 14 yards to kind of kickstart the drive let's watch it one more time since i took the time to sh to clip it for you guys the fake pitch out and the nice pitch and catch for uh a first down there on a first down so nice play there i thought that was a really really well designed place especially when you heard all telecast about eric the enemy eric the enemy eric the enemy calling plays the chiefs all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah, Brian and Iowa spot on. Um, QBs finally showed some confidence. That was my takeaway. I saw a lot of co more confident throws. Um, <laughs> I thought the offensive line played 
better. Um, you saw the only one sack given up, not completely, you know, the quarterbacks weren't completely harassed by pressure all night. So, um, you know, I, I think you liked more out of the quarterbacks and the offensive line this week. And, you know, obviously it, it kind of translated on the, in the ground game as well. Um, yeah, Victor, I mean, you, you bring up a good point here. It's kind of hard to judge QBs force passes if coaches are calling um, for it. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I understand that, that idea or that, uh, that stance on that for sure. And of course, you know, when you're Trevor Simeon, you are, you're not, you're not, out there with T Higgins, Jamar Chase, et cetera. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes, but there were passes at least that I noticed where he threw it and the guy, I mean, it was blanketed coverage. There was probably at least three occasions, including the, the interception that I thought maybe that's not the best place to go. Do you, do you try and check down? But again, I also think a little bit to your point, Victor, that I, I, I think these guys, this was their last game of the preseason time was running out. And you gotta you gotta make these throws. You gotta force the ball downfield. You gotta try and make a big play in order to secure your spot potentially on this roster. So um, let's let's go back to the box score here, so we can look at some things. That was kind of my breakdown on the uh, the QBs. And before we do, I mean, let's we'll take one more look at it. I mean, I think we're maybe in agreement that if the Bengals are to keep one of these three it's probably browning at this point they've seemed to, to like the development of him they've committed to him the past couple of years and then of course you look at right here this again the perfect completion percentage six of six for 42 in the touchdown um just to you know put together i think two solid drives i think they were both scoring drives if i'm not mistaken as well so um i think he put up 10 points starting the game for the team so you know you like to see that too from your from your backup quarterback when it's time for him to shine. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of the story of the Bengals' backup quarterbacks. Let's move down a, a minute to the running backs because I thought there was some nice – Chase Brown got off to a nice start. There were a couple of big, you know, plays for big losses that hurt his average. But, I mean, he had a couple of nice – you know, see a, a nine-yard run and a couple of solid runs. So, I thought this was probably his best outing as a runner. Um, and then I thought Jacob Sailors, again, three-point yards per carry. I thought he looked uh, better than that yards per carry would indicate. Um, then you see Calvin Tyler getting some work, four for 16. Um, so, you know, I, I thought Chase Brown and Jacob Sailors both had some nice moments in this game, which you like. Uh, I don't know that Sailors, you know, played his way onto the roster, but, you know, no, no Chris Evans playing time. No Travion Williams playing in this one, you know, and maybe that's that's an indicator one way or the other, right? I mean, maybe it's uh, we know that Travion had the had the injury and everything, so maybe they're just saying, "Hey, he's a lock. We're going to rest him up. Not, nothing to show here, and let's give Sailors an audition potentially for somebody else or the practice squad, that sort of thing." So, either way, you know, uh, Chase Brown's going to definitely be in that mix, and uh, you know, you saw a lot of shotgun runs from him. The inside zone shotgun runs you like you like to kind of see in some of the ground that he was able to get particularly early in the game so those were those were some of the uh the, the bright spots here on the Bengals offense and then this was this was what i thought was some of the best facets of this game and this was the, this was the Bengals pass catchers where you're talking about the wide receivers or you're talking about tight ends namely 
Um, Tanner Hudson, who's up there with uh, the team lead with four catches for 42 yards on seven targets. But, you know, some of those were the, the one was the two point conversion that got knocked away. One was thrown over his head. So, I mean, a couple of those not really on him, but four for 42. I really and we'll talk more about this when we kind of get into the roster. I really like what we've seen from this guy from the first preseason game. Uh, did not play in the second because of the the concussion that he suffered in that first preseason, preseason game to this one. I thought he and he's big, he's lean, and he just seems to get open. He catches the ball fluidly. I, I really like this kid. Uh, and then Shedrick Jackson, as I mentioned earlier, he had the big touchdown, the 34-yarder where he broke wide open. Busted coverage, I think, but still good to see him make a really nice play. Uh, three catches for 56 on six targets. Malachi Carter, three for 37. Uh, Yoshivas with the with the touchdown. You love that three for thirty five on six targets. There were you know a couple contested catch opportunities that he did not come down with. But man, that cat that touchdown catch was a was a thing of beauty. It was a nice throw by Browning because if you watch that play, I guess I should have clipped this for you. But if you watch that play, I thought that you know there, there was a, a kind of a, a an arc or a bubble of coverage kind of in the right at the goal line and into the end zone a little bit. Uh, Yoshi went around and back behind that coverage and Browning threw it, you know, kind of high and up where he knew his tall receiver would be able to get it. And he made a nice jump up to get it, a, a, a reach up with both arms to bring it down, get both beat in very nice play by both quarterback and receiver on that one. And I mean, Yoshi's done everything to make this roster. So I, and I, I'm pretty sure they love him. So good to see him. And then look at Charlie Jones doing some solid work, three catches on three targets, 32 yards. I thought he looked more comfortable this week as well. Trent Taylor trying to prove what, what he can do. Three catches, 26 yards on four, uh, four targets. I, you know, Jones was the one fielding punts and stuff too. So I don't, I don't know where this puts Trent Taylor. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I mean, Charlie Jones has got the shoulder, the, the, the supposed reported slight labrum tear. So, you know, it, it felt like it hindered him a little bit. Plus first, first preseason game, first NFL game, you know, maybe there's a little bit of jitters and they were playing him more outside than in the slot where they, they were with Jones. The last couple of games, he's played a little more slot and done been far more comfortable in that role. Um, you see he had a nice 20 yarder. And I think that was when the Bengals were in the hurry up offense too. So nice, nice night for the two rookie wide receivers there. And really, you know, uh, for a lot of guys that are backups or grinding for spots, guys, I thought looked really, really good. Morgan had a five yard catch, but he also early in the game had a pass interference penalty called against the defense uh, that was covering him that netted quite a few yards so that's that's a positive play for him he's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about even though he's been on the active roster as a special teamer the past few years this team loves him he is a backup wide receiver he comes he comes in there and does all of the dirty work he does a lot of blocking he does the special teams work and you know they, they just love him and i know darren simmons loves him so that's a guy you know tough decisions to make there lassiter i thought he has showed a high, high level of effort this entire preseason. Unfortunately, one catch for six yards on three targets. So, you know, not a lot to show for it in the stat column there. But uh, I I really liked what I saw from particularly, you know, Shedrick Jackson, of course, with the big catch. Tanner Hudson really impressed me. The two rookie wideouts really impressed me as well. And Morgan had that positive play that netted a defensive pass interference uh, as a receiver there. The defense... You know, um, a mixed bag. Uh, and you can see here the lone sack from, uh, excuse me, there's a couple sacks late from Carney and um, Jeff Gunter. Jeff Gunter also had an additional quarterback hit. Unfortunately, it, it ended up being a pass that was almost a touchdown. It got down to the one-yard line. So, um, you know, but still inconsistent pass rush early, from the early units in this game. I saw a lot of time for the quarterbacks, the Washington quarterbacks there. So that, you know, that kind of worried me a little bit. Obviously, backups are did some work. And Dominique Davis, what do you do here? Because you know what you have from Jay Tufele as a backup player and as a guy who was filled in for, you know, DJ Reader when, when he was out last year. And, you know, you can – Tufele has the ability potentially to be moved around a little bit more, but what do you do here? Because you've got Josh Tupo, who is giant and is a solid, solid backup, particularly when you play a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens, you want that size and that ability to stop the run. Um, Dominic Davis has just shown a lot. And you see there, team leading eight tackles. Uh, he did have the sack. Did have the not-so-smart penalty hitting Jake Fromm out of bounds uh, and hitting him hard as he was going out of bounds. But uh, he's a guy, he he was a, a, you know, a game wrecker on a couple of occasions in the first game. So I don't know if he's played his way onto the roster. That's that's a guy we need to talk about. Tyson Anderson, rough, rough game for the safeties and a, a couple of the defensive backs. I saw some nice things from DJ Ivy, but a couple of completions as well. You see two passes defended from Ivy, which I liked. Um, and then, you know, again, you look at, I want to bring this up because there's been some talk about Jordan Battle. Maybe this this was a little bit of a welcome to the NFL rook 
<laughs> type of game for Jordan Battle. And, you know, he was on the on coverage of, I think, two of the touchdown passes. And I'm going to play one of them uh, that you can see that you'll you'll you can kind of debate what's going on there. And then. You know, he had a early in the game, there was a batted ball. Um, and he was there to kind of make, you know, jump and make a position. I think a running back or a wide receiver just kind of <laughs> pushed him out of the way uh, pretty, pretty fiercely to get him to not make that interception, um, which was a, a heads up play by, by that player. I can't remember who it was on Washington who, who knocked him out of the way, but um, so it was kind of just a, a little bit of a rough, rough outing for Jordan battle. I mean, he had a couple, you know, five tackles. So he was in on some plays. I want to share this and you can, you can look at this and present your own, uh, I guess, conclusions from it. This was the, the touchdown at the, the so, Play before Jeffrey Gunter hits the quarterback um, and steps steps up and makes a, a, a big throw down the left sideline. Turns out that that uh, was stopped at the one. You know, it looked like he was maybe he dove in, stopped at the one. So this is the very next play. Now, if you look here, I'm going to freeze it here. This is battle back here. Lone safety back here. They're kind of stacking the box here. Obviously, they've got, you know, um, a big formation here. You've got a tight end right here. You've got the running back and this guy is going to, I think it's him. He's going to come into motion here and he's going to go all the way out into this flat and here's battle alone. So I, my, my question here, and we'll play this a couple of times. Is this a poor, I don't really see it necessarily as a poor play by battle. I think he's just been put in a position where, and the play call by Washington was just great for the coverage that the Bengals were presenting. And unfortunately, Battle's probably going to get credited with being in coverage on this on this touchdown here. But you see him come into motion. He is late to react to the motion. That's that's the indictment that I see here. But we'll play it again. Uh, he's up here, and you know he's got a sprint to cover. And then there's also another guy that was open across the middle. We'll watch it one more time. Again, late to recognize. That's kind of that's kind of the indictment there. But he was in position. Uh, it put in a position, a precarious one, that left him kind of alone there. So, uh, you know, we can say rough night for Jordan Battle, but that play, I don't know that that fully, um, that fully tells the whole story there. But at any rate, uh, you know, I, th I think he's going to be a very good player. The Bengals are very high on him. Lou Anarumo is very high on him, obviously. So, you know, I'm not worried about it. I think it was just kind of a rough outing. And like I said, there's an anomaly play. Some of it is, is him to blame where there was a late play recognition or late recognition of what the motion was doing. But I, I, I also look at that formation and you go, man, he's out there in the middle, you know, one deep safety on an Island out there, tough, tough position to be in really good play call play design on the offense to kind of exploit that. So um, at any rate, that was, that was uh, uh, what I saw a little bit from, you know, there's some talk about battle struggling a little bit in this one, which I understand um, that, that notion, but you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it tells the whole story, but Bengals lose 21, 19. Um, usually as we go into the regular season, we'll look more into time of possession and dive into more, you know, in-depth stats, obviously with the preseason, we're kind of, you know, just kind of taking a surface look at things, but some good, 
some bad, a lot of questions um, with, with what the Bengals are going to do on with with their roster. Backup quarterback, what are you going to do? And we can we can um, we could talk about that. Actually, let's before we do though, I want to talk a little bit of offensive line. Um, when when I looked at this game, and granted, when I looked at the the condensed replay of it. Um, it was a little hard to kind of see because they don't show that, you know, the, the play replay again, that sort of thing. So you got to kind of rewind and watch, watch it over and over. But, uh, you know, from just surface level stuff that I saw, I saw some good, some bad from Sharping. And granted, he's kind of playing all over the line. Right. Um, I, I saw I saw more good than bad out of Deontay Smith at right tackle, which is promising. Um, and then Trey Hill, I know they like his ver- I like the guy. I know they like his versatility. I know he's he's a valuable piece and a valuable interior lineman because he can swing and play and do all this stuff. He just is every time he plays, there seems to be a big penalty, whether it's a hold this week, there was a face mask penalty that called back a big play. There just seems to be a lot of penalties with Trey Hill when he's out there. And I, I like him. I really, really do. But you can't. I mean, even when he had, uh, what was it, against Detroit maybe a couple of years ago? I, I can't remember what game it was, but he was out there and he had, you know, in very limited snaps, two or three penalties, I think, in that game. So he just seems to be a guy that chases chases the yellow flag a little bit. And uh, I, I love the versatility. I love the size. I love the ability. But, you know, when he gets time, unfortunately, you can't deny that there's penalties that are called. So I – for me, I still like uh, Deontay Smith is an enigma, but I still like the idea of that project. You saw some out of Adenogy. You've got tough decisions to make. And now because you brought in a starting left tackle in Orlando Brown, you kept Jonah Williams. There is a quote, and you can see the article on Cincy Jungle. I'll pin it in the live chat for you that uh, I believe it got published. Duke Tobin is, um, you know, he, he remains hopeful with, Jackson Carmen and Carmen again kind of played both tackle spots. They think he's going to be a a guy who can back up both tackle spots. So they are not giving up on him. Here is the I will pin this uh, story in the live chat for you on Cincy Jungle. The quote itself um, from Duke Tobin was quote We believe there is a role for. Uh, it was about Carmen and Charlie Jones, but. Um, <clears throat> We believe there's a role for them on our football team. It's just a matter of being consistent down after down. And we still believe in him, meaning specifically on Carmen. So, again, I think this is a team that doesn't like to give up on high draft pick investments. That is what Jackson Carmen is. He's still very young. I just I, I just think he's a left tackle. That's where he's shown. That's where he played in college and had some good film. That's where he has shown the biggest comfort level. Uh, when given time in the NFL, the consistency swings are wild, wild, wild with Jackson Carmen. We know that when he gets playing time, there are wow plays and there are wow in the bad, in the bad sense plays. So, um, you know, I think I, I, those are, those are some of the, the things going on with the backup offensive line. You know, I think they like sharpening, sharpening showed some good things against Buffalo had a rough outing against the chiefs in the, you know, in respective back-to-back playoff games. And then, of course, you know, like I said, I think they view Carmen as that backup swing tackle. And then what do you do? Is it Adenogy? Is it um, is it Deontay Smith? You know, Deontay Smith, I, I, I really, really like the projection there, but 
he's an enigma because he's been hurt and he hasn't played much. He didn't play much in college because of the COVID stuff. And, uh, you know, all this kind of just mystery around this guy. So what do the Bengals do at backup offensive line? They're, they're going to have to maximize the roster spots there. And they're going to have to have guys that kill two birds with one stone, be it a Ben Brown or a Trey Hill that, you know, can back up a number of different interior line spots, be it a Max Sharping who has experience at guard. They're trying him out at center. They're doing all kinds of different things. He is a tall, tall guy for an interior offensive lineman, by the way. And then, of course, you know, like I said, swing backup tackle Jackson Carmen, Adenogy, the devil you know. Right. I mean, but Adenogy was a guy that was a Jim Turner guy, a Jim Turner draft pick, not a Frank Pollock draft pick. So, you know, what what do you do there? What do you do there? I think if if you're asking me, I think, you know, Sharping's on. I think. I think they, they are going to commit to. Deontay Smith, I think they're going to stay committed to Jackson Carmen. Um, when you're talking about the final roster, I think all of these guys are probably have played or, you know, have enough potential, have shown enough potential in the preseason and over the past couple of years to get onto this roster. And so that's kind of the next question here. Who else could sneak onto the roster but besides some of these backup offensive linemen that we've been been talking about? And what do you do at wide receiver? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You probably keep seven, right? And you would think that it's the big three, right? And then you've got a scrum between the Trents. I think they like Irwin enough to keep him around, and he has shown enough to be kept around. So there's four. And you got three more spots between Stanley Morgan, the two rookies, Jones and Yoshi. Um, you know, you got Lassiter. You got, you got a lot of other guys. You got Trent Taylor. To me, I think you keep the rookies. Um, and so that'll give you six. And then maybe Darren Simmons pounds the table there for uh, for Stanley Morgan. And you think that Jones can give you a bit of what Trent Taylor has given you. Punt returner, uh, slot receiver, and then you, you go from there. Um. Yoshi just has shown too much development and too much potential to, to be given up on. And I don't not, you know, we say this every year and I'm, I'm, I'm being a hypocrite because I make fun of the people that say this, but I, I don't think, I think he's gotten enough hype and I think he has shown enough this preseason that if you were to put Yoshi on the practice squad, he would get, he would get grabbed by somebody, maybe not right away um, or may, maybe on waivers. Um, but if you were to stash him on the practice squad, if you were if you were to clear waivers and get on the practice squad, you know, I, I think someone at some point would grab him this year. So I, I don't know that those guys, you know, those two draft picks that you made, I don't know that you risk getting rid of those guys given the potential and their ability to contribute 
as rookies. The only caveat is how healthy is Charlie Jones and that shoulder? And then do you work some magic there? Um, the roster magic that is, do you, you know, what do you, what do you do with all with, with, with that position group? A lot of talent, a good problem to have, but you're going to say, you're going to have to say goodbye to some good players or players that have been valuable to you over the past handful of years, you know, like potentially a Stanley Morgan, a Trent Taylor. These are, these are guys that have, you know, done a lot of good things for you. Um, so uh, tough decisions there. We mentioned running back. What do you do there? Um, you know, one real quick before we transition, not looking good for Chuck Sizzle. Well, I mean, he had, he caught three of three passes this week. I mean, I know he had a struggle. He struggled in that first preseason game. Um, didn't show too much as a punt returner this week, but I, I you know, he's fourth round pick. I don't, I don't know that you give up on him right away. I, I think, you know, if you're, if you're saying, Hey, this is going to be a red shirt year for Charlie Jones, then I think you say, Hey, go, go clean up, go, go clean up the shoulder. Let's shut it down for the year. We'll move on. And, and, you know, that way we still have you around and we can, uh, we can, we can figure out the rest of the wide receiver group from there. But um, yeah, Shedrick Jackson, again, I, I said this, RM's mentioning him. Good game from him. Nice play, 34 yard touchdown. You love to see that. So tough decisions to be made at wide receiver. And then uh, running back. What the heck do you do at running back? And I don't, I don't know that this may be one of those positions. Of course, Mixon's the the top guy. I think Chase Brown, as of now, is your number two. Um, Evans, you love the potential. His his John and I joked about his touchdown to touch ratio in the NFL is unbelievable uh, when he gets when he gets snaps, but. Again, it's, it, it's that consistency thing. It's that consistency thing. And it, he's in his third year now. So these guys going to have to figure it out. Um, you've got Chase Brown. Like I said, I like what I saw from Sailors. I don't know that he's done enough necessarily to play himself onto the roster, but I thought he had a nice night last night. Uh, and then, you know, Travion, how healthy is he? What's going on? You know, I mean, he hasn't, he, he didn't play again last night. So is that just, hey, we're going to preserve because Zach Taylor and his coaching staff have always been pretty conservative on veteran rest. Um, if you're injured, we're going to take it easy, that sort of thing. You know, we're going to preserve, 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 because we need to, this is a long play. You know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So we need to make sure our guys who are going to be contributors are healthy. And so maybe the plan is, hey, Travion was, is not going to play. We're not going to risk it. Let's let him heal up and, and go from there. But, um, Jason Rutherford, we need a solid punt returner. It would, here's the deal. It would be great to have an electric player at this point. First of all, Charlie Jones in college, go back and watch his, as a return man, he was phenomenal. So that's the hope that the Bengals have with him, along with being, you know, the potential heir apparent to Tyler Boyd in the slot. I mean, that's, that, that's the hope. But... He hasn't shown that quite yet. I don't know that he's 100% healthy. And you're right, while the Bengals do need, you know, kind of that, you know, electric guy to pop a big play on special teams, unfortunately, the de-emphasis on kickoffs 
has kind of made a, you know, a specific spot for kick returner only a passe thing in the NFL. You got to find a hybrid guy. That's why Adam Jones was so valuable when he was on the Bengals a handful of years ago. You know, they kind of made Brandon Tate your kick returner, but he occasionally contributed as a wide receiver as well. Um, unfortunately, it's just hard to not have this, Hey, I, my, you know, my specialty, you know, um, is just kick, you know, kick returns, you know, you got to find a guy that's electric or you have to, if you do have a guy who's electric, whether it's a running back or something like that, you, you have to be willing to make that sacrifice to say, Hey, you know, this guy's valuable on offense, a valuable defensive back, that sort of thing. But we think he is valuable here. We'll risk the potential of an injury on kick returns, punt returns, that sort of thing, because we want to pop big plays and special teams. A lot of teams aren't willing to do that. Um, so you got to find a guy that can, you know, give you that special teams ability while also contributing on a, on a respective side of the ball. And uh, that's kind of the hope with, with Charlie Jones. But, you know, I think there's, there's more to be seen here, but let's uh, you know, Talking about sneaking on the roster, another really tough area. I mentioned him earlier. Well, I mentioned both of their names earlier. Um, Jeff Gunter and Dominique Davis. Gunter has shown a lot this preseason. He had a nice night last night. He had a nice, uh, nice game in the in the the, the opener. Same thing with Davis. So two great games there as well. I don't like the penalty Davis had this last week, but, um, you know, he was kind of all over the field and he is a big guy. Uh, Tufele had a great, great game, the first game, along with Davis. But who do you keep? How many do you keep? Um, you know, Gunter, going back in the past a little bit, Gunter was a guy that kind of you felt like he had a good path for himself because of the unfortunate injury and subsequent retirement of Wyatt Hubert. Um, so you kind of felt like, okay, maybe that was his path. You've got Cam Sample around. Who knows what's going on with Joseph Osai? We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Ankle injury this week. How severe is it? Uh, I tend to believe it may be on the less severe side, and maybe they were just being precautionary with it. You know, just, hey, give you a couple snaps. You tweaked your ankle. Let's get you out of there. But, I, you know, I don't – we'll see. We'll see. Um, but – tough decisions to be made there. You know, I think you can make an argument and I, I you know, I, I know I've on this show for those who watch, I've favored Tufele for a couple of reasons, but I mean, Tufele has shown you what he is, what he can do in regular season games. He has had a couple of nice regular season games in spot start duty for the Bengals. Go back and check out the Saints game. Um, Davis is a little bit of a lesser known commodity because XFL guy and, you know, bounced around, you know, he was with the Bengals. Um, I believe it was last spring as well. So, you know, just a lesser known commodity, but he has played his butt off to be on this, uh, on this team. I, I think you can make an argument that either guy deserved it, but that's, that's a hard decision to make. And ultimately I do think if you're having this conversation in that room with the coaches, the front office staff, et cetera, I think ultimately your conversation has to be okay. Which which guy will do you think will hold up better against the AFC North? Because it's the toughest division in football, and it's not just me saying it from from a Bengals podcast perspective. I, I mentioned it on the 
the new show last week, Jeffrey Chidia of NFL.com ranked all the divisions in football, and he had the AFC North as number one. The Bengals, one of the, one of the Bengals' stiffest competitions in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. You know the Pittsburgh Steelers are at least at a minimum going to be competitive. The Cleveland Browns are a bit of a wild card, pardon the, the pun, but, I mean, they've got talent, and they're scrappy, and they should be in the mix a little bit there too. So this division's going to be tough. And you got Nick Chubb. You've got the multi-headed rushing attack in Baltimore. And Pittsburgh always likes to run the football. And Ajay Harris, and they've got another undrafted free agent that they really, really like. Um, so, you know, which guy's going to hold up best against those teams? Is it Davis? Is it Tufele? Can you find a way to keep both? Does it make sense to keep both? That's that's a conversation to have. And then, of course, you got to find ways to get after the passer. Hendrickson's been an absolute monster. Of course, you know what you can get from Sam Hubbard, two really good edge players. Osai looking good, has the ankle injury now. Um, and then you got to figure out Sample, Gunter. Uh, I mean, uh, Raymond Johnson played played pretty well this preseason as well. Who do you who do you keep there? Tough, tough decisions to be made on the defensive line. And, uh, you know, the secondary seems to be a bit more set. The linebackers seem to be a bit more set in terms of who who's going to make the team, who we think is going to make the team. I think DJ Ivy has played himself onto a, a back-end roster spot. What do you do with Alan George? What do you do with Sidney Jones? What do you do in that cornerback group? Um, and then really, I mean, you know the safeties, and unfortunately it's probably going to be a little bit of a, of a learning curve year for guys like Tyson Anderson, who missed significant time last year, Jordan Battle, rookie. Um, you know, it's going to be the Nick Scott, Dax Hill show, I think, going forward. And then you're going to mix in some of these guys when the packages make sense. So um, I think we know the secondary and the linebackers a bit more than we do the trenches, the backup players in the trenches. Um, we think, at least I think at this point, if the Bengals were to keep one of these quarterbacks that they have on their roster, it would be um, Browning, not Simeon. We think we know the running back positions, you know, Mixon, Travion, Chris Evans, Chase Brown in some order, but they may surprise us there. That may be one of those groups that all of those guys make it. Someone comes available on the waiver wire and that's the sacrificial area. I don't know. Someone gets sacrificed out of that position group. And then tough, tough decisions at wide receiver. We know the top, the top players, the top pieces at that depth chart. How do numbers four through six or seven fall? That's the big question at wide receiver. And then we mentioned his name, Tanner Hudson. Weakest, arguably one of the weakest in terms of depth and questions and all that kind of stuff. Position group on the Bengals is tight end. Drew Sample's been pegged, it seems, to be kind of an H-back type of player. Kind of being out of eye formations or in the backfield a little bit. And then, of course, doing some tight end work. Um, doing a lot of blocking. You know Irv Smith's your guy. He seems to be poised for a nice season as long as he stays healthy healthy with the Bengals. Um, Mitchell Wilcox just came back. Now, the team really seems to like him. You know, once he was healthy, they, they scooped him up. Uh, and then, you know, once he was truly healthy, they, they got him right out to practice, that sort of thing. Tanner Hudson made a really nice case for himself. And I think, you know, that's, a, that's an element, that's a weapon in today's NFL, that length, that height, that catch radius. Those nice hands, um, that's an element to an offense, particularly with Joe Burrow at the helm, that you got to take some pause and say, you know, where can we fit this guy in? 
where can we fit this guy in? I, 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 I really was impressed with him. Really went arguably the most impressive player this, this preseason for the Bengals was Tanner Hudson. And granted, he didn't even play the second game. Um, you know, you got Yoshi, you got him, um, Dominique Davis, Raymond Johnson played, played pretty well to played well in, in one of the games. And, uh, you know, Tyson Anderson had the big, the big, big first game as well. So, you know, a couple guys readily popped to mind, but Tanner Hudson's at the top of that list. And really, like I said, had to leave the first game early, didn't play the second game and then played the third game played well. I, I, going to be a hard, hard guy to get rid of. And so then you've got, you know, Devin Asiasi in that group as well. So, so you have to ask yourself then, okay, let's say you keep Irv Smith, Mitchell Wilcox, Drew Sample. I mean, do you only keep three tight ends because you're keeping seven wide receivers? Do you go lighter on offensive line to be able to keep three or four tight ends? What does Darren Simmons think of it? Because that guy as say on the roster and especially on the back end roster spots. That, that's just how it is. It's how it's always been. And it, he deserves it. He put consistently puts out quality special teams units every single year. So he deserves, he deserves his say on some of these guys. And I think that's where some of the guys we are not talking about so much. Your Stanley Morgans may sneak onto the roster and people go, well, how did he make it over as Shedrick Jackson? How did he make it over a Kwame Lasseter? Hey, Trent Taylor. Well, it's because Darren Simmons knows what Stanley Morgan brings. Zach Taylor knows what Stanley Morgan's means to that wide receiver room and that locker room because of his knack for doing the dirty work. And that's what may be keeping him on. Again, I, you know, I don't think when we see the final roster in a couple of days here, I would put quotes around that final 53 man roster because this team I don't have it in front of me, but I know at least two of the past four seasons with, with Zach Taylor, probably more. I'd have to go back. But I remember, I mean, that first year, Samaje Pirine was a waiver wire, waiver wire pickup. And he was on, I, I remember going to the Seattle Seahawks versus Bengals game in Seattle and seeing Samaje Pirine on kickoff coverage. Um, uh, so, I mean, I... I that was a guy right right there, waiver wire, boom. You know, final 53 was set, and then it wasn't set because they brought in a guy like Samaj P. Ryan that they really liked. Then, you know, last year, Asi Asi, Tupele. Um, so they are willing to tweak what they deem the final roster with a player or two, and I would not be surprised, even though they'll be back in the waiver wire order. I'm I'm would not be surprised if the Bengals make another move there to finalize, truly finalize their roster. Uh, Brandon Hudayer, 85. I'm so glad the preseason is over with real football coming. While I agree with you, don't tell that to John Harbaugh. <laughs> John Harbaugh has something to say about preseason football. So don't tell, don't tell that to him. We're going to get on out of here talking a little roster, talking about the Bengals preseason loss. They fall to 0-2-1 in the preseason. I guess you kind of just shrug and go, okay, well, onto the regular season, onto the final roster here. And we will break down the final roster when it is announced. We'll go through some news and notes. We'll probably hold off. Uh, we'll do our news and notes and roster show probably on Tuesday, um, just as I think about it now, because that's where the bulk of a lot of news is going to come. I did want to get to this. 
there was one question earlier in the show. Let me see if I can find it. It was about Will Greer from Dallas. Uh, Leo, Leo Sean, I think it was. Let me see. Yeah. In our, in our Facebook chat. What about the Dallas quarterback that's getting cut? Well, of course, we know now. I mentioned at the beginning, Trey Lance now backing up Dak Prescott in Dallas. Say that three times fast. Um, Will Greer, a guy that, you know, some Bengals fans liked coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. Will Greer is going to be the odd man out, and he balled out. I think he had, what, three or four total touchdowns, 200-plus yards passing. He looked really, really good last night. That could be, you know, with especially with this quarterback rule, this new rostered quarterback rule where you can kind of keep a third guy on there. Maybe, maybe that's a guy you snag and try and develop behind a Browning, behind a Simeon, that sort of thing. Maybe they like Reed Sinet more than more than we think. You saw that that nice little clip, that nifty play early in the game, uh, or I'm sorry, late in the game yesterday that he kind of made that nice fake pitch and rollout. Maybe they like him more. Then we know. I mean, he was the guy that was targeted after Burrow went down. There's all these other big names out there, and that was the guy they went after. So, will Will Greer potentially, if the Bengals especially go, you know, pretty light at quarterback and keep only one, that may be a guy that you look at. Um, he may get some attention now, extra attention after that performance yesterday. Um, but again, running back, maybe even tight end off the waiver wire. And then, you know, potentially backup offensive linemen. Maybe that's where they look to. But um, a lot of tough decisions to be made. Wide receiver, as I said, wide receiver, the trenches, offensive, defensive line. Um, tight end, you've got some questions to answer there. And then, of course, backup quarterbacks. What do you do with the backup running backs? That sort of thing. So some questions to be answered. They will be answered later this week. Either way, the Bengals roster looks to be in pretty good shape. They seem to be pretty dang healthy. Joseph Osai aside, we'll have to see more about that. And Joe Burrow aside, but hopefully he's getting closer to returning to practice. And uh, no, no real significant snaps for the starters. I don't know if people are freaking out about that this uh, again this year or how they're feeling, but no real significant snaps for the Bengals starters on on either side of the ball this preseason. And I think that kind of fell away also with with the Burrow injury. We'll see, but hopefully he hopefully he returns back to practice. Hopefully Osai returns back to practice pretty soon, and we'll have some more answers about the roster in a couple of days. Like I said, we'll be breaking that down. We'll be breaking down the news and some notable cuts and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, John and I will be back for our standard Wednesday show. We'll start ramping up the listener questions live at the end of the week. So you want to submit – you don't have to wait till Friday, by the way, if you want questions to be submitted. We'll, we'll take a look at them. And, of course, the YouTube Super Chats uh, that – more often than not, go to a specific Bengals player or someone associated with the Bengals charity. Um, if you want to give us one of those, we appreciate that. And keep it to our YouTube channel. Keep it to CincyJungle.com. Keep it to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. Um, and we'll keep breaking down stuff. We'll be hammering you with content, like I said, and bringing you all kinds of different stuff. I'm Anthony Cazenza. Appreciate you all joining me on your Sunday for this live broadcast. Appreciate you tuning in. After the fact, I know you got a lot of stuff, potentially family, friends, errands, I don't know, all kinds of different stuff on your Sunday, but I appreciate you hanging out with me for about an hour, talking some Bengals football. And now we're going to be talking about real Bengals football just around the corner 
Appreciate you all. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll be back this week with a lot more content. By the way, go check out on our YouTube channel. We had a fun little video on a Bengal, best Bengals villain, Joey Porter. Go check that out. Kind of a fun one. Rehashing the Bengals history with Joey Porter. And oh, by the way, it's taken another turn with his son on the Steelers now. So go check that out. Kind of a fun video. But We'll be doing more of that and all kinds of different things coming going forward. Take care. Have a good Sunday. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.